Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is Palm Sunday, and we read from the lectionary, which was Luke 22:14 to 23:56. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls at allsoulsparish.org. Was the late Lewis Weil, God rest his soul, who first introduced me to the concept of Holy Week as a spiral. Lewis taught that even though we tell that same story year after year after year, every time we enter into the story, When we come full circle back to this essential narrative, we come as different people, different than we were the year before. And so instead of the entry into the passion of the Christ being repetitive, when we are present to our own story, when we're present to what's happened with us in this last year, both within and in the world around us. And when we make ourselves available once again to the heartache and to the hope, then we're actually able to come and enter even more deeply into the story of Jesus again. And often, what we'll find there is something that we had not seen or felt before. And often it's just the thing that we have been looking for. And so it was this past week uh, for me as I was reading through Luke's version of the last week that I found something that I had not seen before. That's the thing about this story Depending on the gospel account and depending on where we are in our life, when you look at it one more time, often something new emerges. And what I heard this year for the first time is the length that Jesus goes to to prepare the way for those who would follow him. Now, it is true that depending on the account, Jesus has more or less control over his arrest and his death. But this year, as, uh, as I was reading through the gospel according to Luke, I was stunned and actually a bit thrilled to see how Jesus, facing these immediate threats against his life, carefully plans for what is to come with exacting detail. And reading it this way has reinforced for me that this wasn't the death of a man who was caught unaware, of someone who simply gave in to their fate. But it is instead the unfolding of a series of deliberate and heartfelt actions intended to prepare the way for those who would follow 
a way through sadness and pain into communion and forgiveness and hope. The beginning we heard outside, and it, it, it reads almost as if it belongs in a spy thriller, because Jesus is preparing to enter Jerusalem one last time, and it's just as the massive Passover festival is about to begin. And he tells his followers to go into the village ahead, and that they'll find a colt there that has never been ridden, and if they are asked to let the people know that the Lord needs it, right? So apparently Jesus has already anticipated this triumphal entry and has reserved ahead. Because when the disciples arrive, not only is this colt there, but with those magic words, the Lord needs it, it is sufficient for it to be given for Jesus to use. And then he enters into the city, and uh, day after day, he's teaching in the temple, evading all of the traps that the religious authorities are setting for him. And with the Passover drawing near, Jesus sends Peter and John to make preparations for the Passover meal. True to the disciples' work so far in the gospel, they have no idea what to do where to go, how to do this. So here's what Jesus says. Listen, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs already furnished, Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. Following a man with a jar of water? This was no chance encounter. Clearly, Jesus had a plan, and a plan that involved all kinds of people. He knew what lay ahead. He knew what needed to be done, and he prepared the way. And it's at that table for what would be his final meal that Jesus does what I believe must have been the hardest work of all. He prepares his friends for his death. He knows that his life, as they have known it, will soon end. And so he prepares them for what is to come. And he does this with a ritual that is so powerful, that is so elemental, that it has been passed down to us to take part in today. Because he tells his friends that no matter what happens to his body, when they gather like this, together around table, he will be there. He will be present in the bread and in the wine. In their times of greatest sorrow and fear, he promises to be with them. There will never be a time when they will be without him.
And then he prepares them to live together, knowing that the days ahead will stress them to their breaking point. And their response? To argue about who will be the greatest. (laughs) Could you imagine what that felt like for Jesus? For me, I imagine incredible frustration Years and years of teaching and living about the last and the least. And when he has just a few more hours with them, they are bickering amongst themselves about who will hold the power. And so he teaches them once again that the greatest among them must be like the youngest. The leader as one who serves. But it's the last preparation at this final meal that I believe must have broken his heart. Because he knows that his betrayal is near. He knows that he will be arrested and tried for crimes that he did not commit. He will be convicted and he will be killed. And he knows that many of his closest friends will scatter in his time of need. So he prepares Peter, the rock, to shatter. Tells him that he will be sifted like wheat. And at the hour of Jesus' greatest need, Peter will deny him. Not once or twice, but three times. This news is so devastating that Peter just simply cannot receive it. Could you? But hidden in this terrible foretelling, Jesus actually leaves an Easter egg of hope saying, I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. And you, once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. In the midst of telling Peter that Peter will deny him, Jesus also prepares the way for Peter to return, to offer comfort and strength to others. Friends, I have come to trust that Jesus still prepares the way. It may involve a man carrying a water jar. It could also be a loving, challenging word of counsel from a friend. It might be found at a table with bread and wine and can also be a meal left on your doorstep. It can be a hard truth to hear, but it also can be a hand up when you yourself are unable to stand. Year after year, we come back to these stories because we can recognize in them where the risen Christ is present in us. That's why we return. 
we return to the spiral of these stories in peace and at war, in health and in sickness, in heartbreak and in hope. Because each time we trust that Jesus will be present with us in it. We show up this Sunday and in the days to come with as much of ourselves as we can muster, trusting that no matter how dark the road ahead appears, Jesus has already gone ahead and for us is preparing the way.